it's time now for St. Mary Healthline. Your health is your most precious asset, and every Wednesday at 9 a.m., you can tune in for advice on how to better manage your health. Hear about important medical issues from the doctors and professionals across all service lines from St. Mary Medical Center. So without any further ado, it's time now for the St. Mary Healthline. A lot of great information, a lot of a very and a topical kind of discussion today. As we check in, seems like you've been here every other week, Kim Everett. <laughs> Not quite. Yeah, that's right. Uh, BSMA Trauma Prevention Coordinator, St. Mary Medical Center Trauma Program. You've uh, been doing a lot with uh, St. Mary's for quite some time, right, uh, Kim? They tend to keep me busy, but and I like it that way. What's uh, what's the the uh, the amount of service and counting? What uh, how long have you been with them? The now? amount of service. I've been there eight years. Eight now. years and mm-hmm. counting, and a lot of different uh, wear a lot of different hats as uh, we talk. Uh, uh, you a lot of different experience that you've you've had, Kim, in in doing that. You've been in one department and another, but what you found, what you're doing now, uh, seems to be a, a special thing, right, right for you, right? It is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm fortunate. I, I get to um, spend my day trying to uh, keep people safe, and so as a trauma center, as you know, yep. um, you know that's our role. One of the standards for us as trauma centers is mm-hmm. to look at injuries and what's causing them, and then try to prevent them. So I know I've been here. We've talked about falls. We've yes. talked about you know car safety. Yep. We've talked about car seats. There's various topics that we've talked about, but um, obviously as we're entering our fall sports season and your concussion yeah. is another topic that right we're i know to you're talk about. in the prevention business before now is uh, you're more or less uh in the analysis business here when it happens then what happens and then what could happen and here's what uh we have in front of us and there's so much going on out there first and uh, foremost talk about traumas talking about concussions so let's uh, just start right with the with the definition uh, what is it uh concussion you get uh, wha- you get whacked in the in the brain and, and then uh, go from there, right? Yeah. Concussions can happen two different ways. They happen sometimes when somebody hits their head um, or it can just happen from the body stopping where the head keeps moving. Yeah. Because like your whiplash brain, maybe, huh? Yes. Because your brain floats inside your skull. And so a concussion happens when your brain impacts on your skull. Yeah. Um, and so, again, if your body stops and your head keeps going, then that's going to uh, trigger that concussion as well right and it doesn't take much to mm-hmm. to to start that process and we we're talking this morning with uh, keith my partner this morning he said you ever have one i said yeah i actually took a one hopper uh, playing baseball it's careened off the side of my face a temple and uh i seemed to be okay and then all of a sudden couldn't remember uh what my batting or place in the batting order i was and you know kind of heard a ringing Mm-hmm. And I said, but get this guy out of here. And, you know, then after a while it went away. But fortunately, mm-hmm. we don't have the, we didn't have like protocol and mm-hmm. things like that now. And some of the after effects that some of the athletes have is can't, can't uh, you know, uh, can't see anything bright or have to wear sunglasses and things like that. It's It's really kind of a. I guess no two no two are the same, are they? No, you yeah. just covered just about every yeah. single solitary yeah. point that we really yeah. want to talk about a little bit, so <laughs> okay, it's great. It's good to show yeah. up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, um, that's exactly right. One of the, the biggest things that the, the new research is emphasizing mm. to us is every single concussion is different. So even if somebody has had one before, um, the way their symptoms present themselves and the way they get better can be different the mm. second time. Um, and that, you know, even somebody playing the same sport that got hurt the same way, two people have different concussions. And so 
so again, different symptoms can present themselves and and then um, you know take longer or shorter to get better. And so it's a shame because you, you want to compare, right? The athlete yeah, wants to compare. Shine the lights in the eye there and see. I don't know what they're looking for. Yeah. Uh, it was sort of like the the pointer there and see uh, just what actually would they be looking for. Uh, if they would, they shine a light in your eyes there. Sometimes they're just looking to see the way your eye is reacting to the light. Mm. But one of the most common symptoms with concussion is more visual tracking. So, you know, the kind of follow my finger or look back and forth to my finger. Um, there are tests called saccades that, that our physicians use. And, and what we're looking for is, are your eyes working together as a team? And so um, mm. lots of times with concussion, that's one of the, the key symptoms that people don't realize. You know, it's, it is a myth, that unequal pupil stuff. Um, mm. That's not usually um, a sign of a concussion. That's usually a sign of a moderate or severe brain injury, like a bleed or a bruise. Um, And important for people to know, a concussion is not a bruising of the brain. Um, And if a doctor tells you that, you should find a new doctor. Um, Because it's it's not a bruising of your brain. It's not a bleeding of your brain. They are moderate or severe brain injuries. A concussion is typically um, considered a mild traumatic brain injury. Um, And like you just said, most of the time concussions get better. Um, And that's great. So we don't want you know, I believe the pendulum swung very far um, to where, you know, people are very scared or, you know, uh, one of the things I know we talked about is, you know, or we wanted to talk about is should kids play sports, you know? Certainly, there's a lot of benefit to children being involved in sports. So you have to look at the risk and the benefit. So we want kids to play sports. We want them to play contact sports. We want them to be involved. Um, but education is really the key. Yeah. You know, if a kid has a concussion, well, then we have to take them out. We let the body get better, and it will heal. So from a trauma perspective, you know, our trauma surgeons are like, eh, concussions, they get better. We don't really have to do anything for them, mm. you know, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, the window is different because there's some of it could be uh, out there in basically no time and others keep even having relapses or right. they're doing well and then they set back yeah, and then you exactly. you see the uh, oh, how come this one was recovered and this one right. it has some after effects. Symptoms. Yeah. So, you know, normal recovery time um, in a high school athlete is t- considered about four weeks. So patience is really the key. That's the pill for concussions is patience. But there are about 10 to 15% of people who have concussions who typically they didn't recognize their symptoms um, at first. So they work or play through them. Or um, they tried to hide their symptoms, you know, more in the athletic world or, you know, even at the work world, you're trying to hide your symptoms because those are the people that we find more often end up with long lasting symptoms that last weeks, months or years. And um, then it is it can be very debilitating um, to have those symptoms over a long period of time. And then you're right. We have the whole professional athletes now being identified with having that CTE that those symptoms later in life. Mm. And that's that's very serious. And soccer players doing those headers. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know why some people are having those symptoms and other people aren't. You know, that that's what's so interesting is, you know, the NFL is pouring millions of dollars into research for concussion. Um, And a lot of the research is coming out, you know, inconclusive. They haven't found a helmet yet that's proven to decrease concussion. We haven't found a mouth guard that's proven to decrease concussion. we haven't, um, you know, been able to identify uh, an absolute diagnostic test for a concussion because, you know, we don't, CAT scans and MRIs don't show concussion. So when a person goes to the hospital and we do one of those tests, if we come back and say you have a concussion, that means we didn't see anything else. Mm. And so by exclusion, we, we tell you you have a concussion. And so although we have all that research going into it, um, we haven't been able to figure out, you know, why one person, one professional athlete may have had one concussion in their career that they're aware of, and another one may have had 10, 
And some that had 10 don't have any lingering symptoms years later, and the person who had one does. But yet somebody who had 10 may have lingering symptoms years later. It's very inconsistent, and we can't yeah. really figure it out yet. Yeah, you see some of the other, uh, maybe they cause migraines, not even sure about that. Um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, uh, even worse than that, ALS, mm-hmm. I've had a couple of those mm-hmm. uh, later in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, and you, like you said, others just uh, just moved on. Just uh, It was just one of those things. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, the, all the cases, you have some cause, but the effect is, is not, doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be able to be uh, quantified at all. Huh? Exactly. And, and like the person you were talking to here, yep. what happens, too, is you know, it, their symptoms don't always present themselves immediately, mm. right? So he said, oh, I felt fine at first when I got mm. hit with that ball. But then, you know, over time, I didn't remember where I was in the batting order. Yeah, it was me. Right? Yeah, I, yeah. And that's true. It's very common that sometimes symptoms may not really present themselves for 48 to 72 hours. It's not that they're not really happening. It's that symptoms of concussion happen when you're doing normal daily things. So it's not like, you know, where you cut your arm and the bleeding happens immediately, right? right? It's something that as you try to use your brain, because a concussion isn't really an injury to the structure of the brain. It's an mm. injury to the function of the brain. Yeah. So you notice the symptoms when you're trying to use your brain to function. So, um, you know, one of the things that we make sure we tell our student athletes in, in our concussion program is, okay, maybe you don't have any immediate symptoms, but if you go home tonight and you have any the symptoms that we're going to talk about, then you yeah. need to make sure you tell somebody because, you know, it doesn't mean that you didn't have one. Well, we're talking to Kim Everett all about concussions, and that's part of that's our story today on the St. Mary Healthline. We're coming right back. Imagine stopping deadly heart attacks and strokes with a tiny patch the size of a coin. Imagine replacing and repairing faulty heart valves through a two-inch incision. Imagine correcting irregular heartbeats with radio frequency energy. St. Mary Medical Center heart specialists solve the most complex cases with advances never before imagined. For a physician referral, call 1-844-7-ST-MARY. St. Mary Medical Center. It's your health. Expect more. Teamwork is essential to winning games and in the business world. The Peruzzi Auto Group and Pencotech have been working side-by-side for over 40 years and now they're teammates. Pencotech trains auto technicians and autobotic techs, and Peruzzi has the full-time careers waiting for them. Train at Penco. Work at Peruzzi. If you want a great career in the automotive field, call Pencotech at 215-785-0111 or go to pencotech.edu. A great career at Peruzzi starts with training at Pencotech. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. With Kim Everett, we're talking concussions and risk in young athletes and what to know and try to try to make sense out of it. Uh, age, uh, Kimberly, uh, we have one at 40 versus 20, um, different ball again. Kids, you know, developing. Yeah, I guess we there's... We do find that yeah. there's some research that says kids may be at greater risk because yeah. their brains are still developing and growing. And so there's kind of a... a more space or more ability for mm. the brain to move inside the skull. So we do think that um, you know younger kids um, are a little bit more at risk than yeah. adults. We certainly see concussions in adults as well. And then the risk increases again, sadly, when we're over the age of 65, and then we have that atrophy um, start to, to begin in our brain. So mm. we're finding uh, younger and older are more at risk for concussion. Right. Um, yeah, and 
you do, does St. Mary uh, commission studies and things like that, gathering information and, and surveys and things like that? Do you do you uh, hire somebody to do some uh, survey work for you? We're not really um, doing the research <laughs> yeah. for concussion right now. We do try to stay very much up to date on it. Some of the things what we have done though, um, we lead um, with the Bucks County IU. We lead the concussion education team for Bucks County, um, and that is actually is a nationally recognized program as being a model program to be used across the country. And what we do is um, we've, we're working with, uh, twenty. well, at this point, 26 um, schools now in Bucks County. And what those schools do, um, there's about 12,000 athletes that participate in this program every year now. And we go in and we do live education with the students. mandatory athletes. now, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, mandatory. The law says that kids have to have concussion education, but um, a lot of school districts met that requirement by using the PIAA form and just making kids sign it. Um, and we didn't really feel that that was going to be the most effective way. So no. this concussion education team is trying to elevate the bar. I think so. Yeah. And so kids um, have to have this live education, and the schools agree to that. And then the coaches have to have live education. So mm-hmm. in addition to doing the CDC online module, um, they have to have this live education. The schools have also, also offered um, concussion training to their staff and teachers because there's a return to learn process after people have a concussion if we want them to be more successful we won't we don't want them to go right back to school and try to make up everything they missed so um, the school the IU provides the training for the teachers to do to be aware of that mm-hmm. um, and what we say is if the schools agree to do that we have a team of volunteers um, and resources and um, we've even gotten some funding from First National Bank and we go out and we provide the live education and we develop the um, program Program, the educational program annually. It's updated um, yep. by my colleague, uh, Sarah Cruzen, and we go out and we, um, up, we give the live education, and then these kids have a baseline impact test. Um, and this impact test, it's not a diagnostic tool, but it is a test that was developed actually um, out in Pittsburgh, um, and it, it looks at the brain and how it's working now, and then if you give the test again, um, it compares the results. So it's looking at things like memory and reaction time. You know, the NFL uses it. All our professional athletes use it. The Olympics use it. Um, it's really become kind of the standard screening tool. Right. Um, it's not a comprehensive. There are more neuropsych exams that are more comprehensive when people have brain in, you know, severe brain injuries. But it's a, a good screening tool. And so now these kids all take a baseline impact test okay. as well. Well, uh, concussion happens. Uh, is there a... Uh, like a baseline treatment and when somebody gets uh, hurt is there something that's done with all of them as, as a as a bottom line treatment and then move on from there I wish you know yeah. I, I always uh, joke with the, the, the student athletes and say I wish concussions were like a broken arm and we could put a cast on your mm. head because sadly a lot of it is culture right so kids you know are particularly if you have a very competitive athlete, they want to be in the game or they've been practicing a long time. They want to play. Um, and because you can't see concussions, sometimes people like to think they're not real. And so a kid might try to suck it up or play or not even acknowledge their symptoms because they want to be on the field or they even want to be in school. So I wish we had a cast, but sadly we don't. Or fake their way through so they can play. Right. Well, yeah. yes. Yeah, there's a few of those. Yes. So so as far as treating it, you know, really what we, the, the best thing um, is what we call symptom management. So years ago, we used to tell people, go in a dark room, don't do anything, you know, don't watch TV, don't touch your phone. But then we learned um, in some of the research coming out of Boston that you need to use your brain um, to make the same glucose that you need to heal your brain. Yeah. And, then you th- and the 
psychological part is you said uh, don't don't have any stimulation but that's what right. you think about is how bad you feel exactly yeah. and we do know that you yeah. know the psychological symptoms associated with concussion yeah. are very severe so now we tell people don't do nothing but don't do everything you have to try to live your day and just don't do things that make your symptoms worse now, right. we tell people, you know, we don't want you taking a lot of Advil or Motrin because we don't really want to mask your symptoms. If you mask your symptoms and then you're working or playing through them, then um, you're going to make your symptoms last longer. So one of the things that has come out of the research that's been done is although we haven't found lots of great answers, one of the things we have found is that if people recognize their symptoms, report them, and manage their symptoms early, they will get better much more quickly um, and they will typically have less symptoms. If people don't recognize some of those initial symptoms and they try to work or play through them, we know for almost a fact yeah. they will last much longer. Right. And there used to be some indicators years ago if you broke a bone, you were nauseous. I, mean, I don't know if that's sick to your stomach. Uh, maybe the same with concussion, too. I'm not sure. Yeah. That uh, maybe that's, you know, that's way back when. Maybe it's still... It still applies. No, it's still true. That That yeah. is one of the physical symptoms of concussion. And, you know, there's this myth out there. If you don't pass out or you don't throw up, you don't have a concussion. Mm. Um, and that couldn't be any further from the truth. In fact, only about 10% of concussions actually lose consciousness. And you definitely don't have to throw up. And they but, don't want you to fall asleep either. Exactly, which is also a myth. Um, yeah. So we know that in, as long as you've been um, checked and ruled out that bleed or bruise, we want people with a concussion if they feel the need to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the way we rest your brain. Um, the way I explain it, too, to some of our younger kids is I say, you know, picture a bottle of oil and vinegar, and they sit on the counter very nicely separated. But when you shake them, things don't want to blend and they get bubbly. That's kind of an example of what it is with a concussion. So how do we get the oil and vinegar to go back to where it belongs? Well, you sit it on the table and you don't you don't keep taking it to school. You don't keep letting it play video games. You don't keep letting it play sports. You let it rest and things will go back to where they belong a little mm-hmm. more quickly than if you keep juggling it around. Sure thing. Uh, comprehensive concussion education team. Is that that's something you know about, right? It is. That's, that's the program I was referring to where we mm-hmm. have all these kids. So the, we have all the schools that are participating. We have about the, you know, the 12,000 kids going through that program. Um, and what we do is we bring all the athletic trainers in um, three to four times a year from those schools. Um, we make sure they're up to date with their concussion education. We provide them resources if they don't feel they have the information. We, ha- we use some of that grant funding to support them to get the education. Um, and then we um, lay out a plan. And when you were talking about research, one of the Mm. things we've done is when we first started the program six years ago or seven years ago, we were afraid that when we started telling athletes, well, if you report your concussion, you have to come out of the game, we were afraid that they would stop reporting. So we started measuring that for the first couple years. And we were very fortunate. We did not find that to be the case. In fact, we found a significant increase in reporting. And so we knew that they were learning those key messages and seeing the value of reporting. And then um, the next thing we did... um, Long view versus the short view. (laughs) Exactly. And then the next thing, and I'm sure there are kids that fall out from that. I mean, I do remember, gosh, about three years into the program, we were looking at some seniors now that had heard the program for at least three years. And I walked into uh, some of our schools and I would say, okay, raise your hand if you had a concussion tomorrow, if you still wouldn't tell anybody. Um, And there was typically a hand or two that would still go up. Um, And I believe that that's always going to be there if we ask that question. Um, 
you know, we can't control that, but we do. I, I do know that we saw an increase in reporting, and so yeah. that's more the majority, the, the exception now than the majority. Yeah, it's all the mind over matter. You know, mm-hmm. not really hurt. You're not really it's like a denial kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, we're talking with Kim Everett, trauma prevention coordinator at uh, St. Mary's, and we're coming right back. Imagine stopping deadly heart attacks and strokes with a tiny patch the size of a coin. Imagine replacing and repairing 40 heart valves through a two-inch incision. Imagine correcting irregular heartbeats with radiofrequency energy. St. Mary Medical Center heart specialists solve the most complex cases with advances never before imagined. For a physician referral, call 1-844-7-ST-MARY. St. Mary Medical Center. It's your health. Expect more. Philadelphia's landmark jewelry store since 1906 is Rosnoff Jewelers, located at 320 York Road in nearby Jenkintown. Rosnoff Jewelers is proud to have the largest selection of fine diamonds and custom fine jewelry that has customers from all over the region visiting them. Whether it's buying, selling, or appraising fine jewelry, Rosnoff Jewelers has been proudly serving the Delaware Valley for over 100 years. Rosnoff Jewelers, contact them today at 215-885-4218. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. Ah, we remember who we're talking to. It's Kim Everett from the St. Mary Medical Center Trauma Program, Young Athletes, Concussion Risk, Education, Exploding Some Myths, uh, all those kind of stuff. But you do have programs, not just talking about it, Kim. You have to have a... Uh, a test, and you have some results to prove it to. It's called impact, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, what is it used for, and how does how does that go? So um, athletes, um, again, of all ages, um, can take a baseline impact test. It'll look at their reaction time. It looks at their memory, um, and it gives a baseline score. Now, for me, my baseline's quite low, so I laugh because you know people that know me know I have no memory, so that's fine. Ah, so um, so forget for me, it if you haven't already. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if I get a concussion, I don't have far to go. Ah. Uh, the issue that we're looking at is. Um, what are you are you how are you doing it compared to how you were when you started right and so it's it's a tool it's only a piece of the puzzle though so when we started the program about seven years ago we thought you know impact testing was really really important now i think impact testing is is good but again it's only a piece of the puzzle and so it doesn't tell you if someone has a concussion or not it only tells you if someone's having cognitive symptoms or not and there's three types of symptoms of concussion there's your physical cognitive and social emotional and all three of them have significant value in this so the physical ones are the ones you normally think of pressure in your head headache sensitive to light sensitive to noise um, wanting to sleep or having a problem sleeping um, you know that visual tracking they're your they're your typical physical symptoms but then we have cognitive symptoms that people don't normally acknowledge and they are problems with memory or processing or staying on task and they tend to impact our students a lot and we don't realize it the best example I can use is um, we had a student athlete that actually has been a part of a national uh, study he uh, went to Nishamani, and he was a baseball player playing fall baseball. And he slid into second base, and he broke the bone under his eye. 
So they Horrible. took him. Yep, yeah. they took him to Chop, and they did a great job fixing his eye. Um, and he was out of school for about four weeks while they did that. And now he comes back to school. Um, his eye is healing, and he's he's feeling what he thinks is fine. And he goes to class, and he's struggling. He's studying, and he's not doing well, and he's getting frustrated. Um, he also had those social emotional symptoms. As now he's up to the holidays. His mom said to me later, he didn't really want to hang out. He wasn't in, with our family like he was. His friends weren't around. So he got cleared in that February to play baseball, just like, um, you know, for because of the fracture. Mm-hmm. But after he listened to our lecture there at the school that day, he came up to me and he said, Mrs. Everett, he goes, I've had all the symptoms on that second slide since October. And he said, and it's not getting better. So he had what we would then categorize as post-concussion syndrome. So he was studying. His grades were failing. He was getting very frustrated. He was getting very upset, which was then making his symptoms worse, right? Mm -hmm. So he was kind of caught in this. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And he was a junior, and he wanted to go to college. Slippery slope kind of thing. Right. So now he was stressing because he thought he wasn't going to get into college. And so... We were able to break that cycle for him very quickly. Once we acknowledged that these symptoms are related to the fact that he had a concussion, mm-hmm. again, there's not a pill that we can give him. But what happens is we, the teachers make accommodations for them in class. So if one of the things that he had, which he did, was this visual tracking problem, now instead of taking notes, teachers can give him notes on paper. So he doesn't look from the board to the paper. So something is silly, and that's just one example. Took a step, uh, took talk, a, eliminated one of the steps. One of the things that was triggering those chain. symptoms. Yeah. Right. And so we put some temporary accommodations in for him. He did go receive some vestibular therapy. Um, and so very quickly, he was able to turn that around. So here's a kid who struggled for four months because he didn't know about those cognitive symptoms. So sadly, we don't really seem to be able to prevent concussion. Um, you know, again, we haven't found something that prevents it. Now, can we decrease the incidence? Like the NFL has taken the approach that they're going to decrease the days of live hitting, mm-hmm. right? Those kind of things we can decrease the incidence, but we're not really going to decrease or or prevent concussions. So what we're trying to do is do what we call like tertiary prevention. We're trying to say if the injury does occur, that it doesn't have a life debilitating outcome, that you get better more quickly, it, it goes away and you're okay. And for some people, that doesn't happen because they don't know what they need to do. Yeah, something will show up later on and you're much in a different place than you were when you started. Right. Um, with with youth sports, I'm sure you can find anything uh, from girls field hockey. We take a whack in the sticks or, or basketball, you get an elbow, soccer, a header, baseball, you get hit, football, collision, mm-hmm. wrestling, anything kind of like a, a contact sport. You know, ultimate, I mean, ultimate fighting. I mean, goodness gracious, there's so much. Any good. of them. Any of them. Um, one question I forgot to ask is, would it be different between men and women, girls and guys? There is some research that they feel that women are at greater risk for concussion. Greater risk. And there's multiple theories behind that. Um, One is, you know, is it genetic? Is it, you know, or is it related to, you know, different changes in the physiological makeup? The other is just that they may have... uh, their necks aren't as strong mm. and so therefore oh, the head may okay. move more uh, you know but again nothing real conclusive at this point no but uh you just have to take it case by case then right mm-hmm. throw them in there together absolutely yep uh um i i guess probably in the in the years to come you wonder if you'll ever see the way football is now mm. at uh Parents just don't want to, there's not going to be as much participation. It's a shame. There's certainly, there is a national trend to see decrease in participation in tackle Mm. football. Um, One of the new trends is this seven versus seven football um, that's coming out. And so there's a lot of that. Um, And, you know, 
as a parent myself of a mom whose son played just about every sport there is, you know, he played football, mm. basketball. Um, interestingly, though, I will share with you when you're talking about the different sports, um, one of the neurologists we work with said one of the worst concussions he ever saw happened in golf mm. oh. um, because a kid went to went into his backswing and he hit Whack, a kid behind yeah. him. And it was a kid that ended up having a really severe concussion with lots of symptoms that lasted a long time. Um, so my son ended up being a high school golfer. So I used to laugh mm. and think, well, he's still not excluded from the group. But, you know, there again, there are so many benefits to kids participating in sport. Um, I, I would never tell, you know, tell any parent their kid shouldn't play it because of the risk. I think where it becomes more challenging um, is, and I have friends that have had to make this decision, if your child plays a sport like football or lacrosse that we know they're exposed to lots of hits and they've had two or three concussions, mm. at what point do they stop playing? And that's a real challenge because the research doesn't, really give us any answers you know we don't know you know whether one concussion you know, one severe concussion with a lot of symptoms that last a long time may mean that somebody should stop playing a contact sport somebody could have three minor concussions and still continue to play and and you know when we we talk to some of our, our concussion education team physicians that's that really comes down to such an individual decision. You know, what are the goals of that athlete? This is this an athlete that really has the potential and ability to play at college and high school level? Is it worth the risk for the benefit um, or is it not? And what will be those long-term consequences? And we yeah. don't know. Yeah, there's probably going to be uh, uh, some work to be done as a conduit between the parents as well as the, the kids, the athletes too, because sometimes there's a disconnect there, a, gen a generational thing, mm -hmm. uh, also maybe connote lack of, uh, lack of toughness or resolve, right. but at the same time, backed up with uh, some hard evidence, yeah, you want to make sure that you are doing the right thing, and then you, you because you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And, you know that's, that and, that's a, and you're probably in that education business where somebody's saying one thing, somebody's saying another, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. nobody's getting it. Right? It's hard. Yeah. And, you know, it's, we do have, you know, some of those, you know, good old boys, for lack of a way to put it. You know, yeah. I had five concussions or ten concussions yeah. or I got my bell rung all yeah. the time, you yeah. know, and I was just fine. Well, my first question is, are you really fine? Because, you know, <laughs> we don't really know sometimes, yeah. right? Um, you but don't the other is, to me. Right. Yeah. You know, that's also like saying, you know, well, I didn't put my kid in a car seat and I was fine. Well, thousands of kids, you know, in the years that we didn't use car seats died. You were lucky. Right. Um, and yeah. so the same thing with concussion. Well, maybe you didn't have these symptoms, um, but we know more now. Um, and yeah. so we need to acknowledge it and kind of just do the best we can. I, again, I don't think kids shouldn't play sports, but I think we need to use that knowledge to empower Point. us to make, you know, play safely and make yeah. little, you know, a few different decisions. Now they have mouthpieces, everything, but I could never get used to for breathing. I couldn't do mm -hmm. it, you know, so, and they've had it and people wear them even for baseball, but I, mm -hmm. I couldn't do it, you know, so mm -hmm. anyways, we uh, get close to the finish line here. For more information, you visit stmaryhealthcare.org uh, front slash concussion for more information about that. And at the ongoing uh, process, Kim, of gathering the information, presenting it, getting evidence together and getting everybody on the same page and also at the same time there's also plenty of room for debate right i, I, I mean mm -hmm. that's the that's the 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 business that you're in absolutely you, you're, you're probably learning something new mm -hmm. every time you do this right or some case comes across your desk that boy we didn't see that one um it's age related could be gender related could be uh you know 
uh, I don't know, just uh, just one of those one of those things, a freak accident, yeah. and it could trigger something. And that's medicine in general, right? We're always learning, and yeah. so um, you know things are always changing. Um, I uh, teach CPR, so I have to laugh. That's mm. changed six times in my career, right? Based on Yo. the science, and yeah. so we know that it's not what we were doing before was wrong at the time. It's that you continue to learn, and therefore you change things to to match what you're learning now. Yeah. Can uh, before we go, can concussions be prevented? Can you sort of uh, tilt the Tilt the percentages in your favor. We're hoping that with decreased exposure, like decreased hitting practice and things of like that, we'll see it go down. We're hoping that less incident, um, exactly yeah. less incidents. Um, but actually, preventing the injury itself at this time, no, we don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we're just hoping that we prevent those terrible outcomes um, for some people. Um, yeah. And that we can just manage those symptoms and get people better eat more easily. Yeah, and I, I, I still think there's always a little push-pull as for against, and I don't think everybody's quite on the same page, whether it's coaches, parents, kids, doctors, those who, you know, the the doctor is just there as a, a, just as a preventative measure, but is there, a, is there opinion or medical opinion worth anything when they're playing? So that's, that's another mm-hmm. thing, or... Mm-hmm. There's been debates. Well, the doctor said he couldn't come back. Well, I heard that he could. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all sorts of mm-hmm. other things that uh, check out. Some some other things that have to be worked out. But that's why you're there, right? This, uh, the next time we talk, we'll probably have something new to talk about, right? Absolutely. And ultimately, in the end, we tell people you're going to have the most success if you have your medical team, your athletic team, and your, your support system, like your family, all on the same team. So in other words, everyone has to be saying the same thing. This, this, These are the symptoms this person has. These are the things we can do. Yeah. So what the doctor says has to be communicated to the coach, and what the coach says has to be communicated to the parent. And there has to communication and patience is the key to having better outcomes with concussions. As my mother would always say, you ask the question, why? Mm-hmm. Keep doing that. And that's how, it, that's how it goes. Always ask why. Absolutely. And that's what we do at the St. Mary Healthline for a Monday. Kim Everett, always great, and we'll see you next time. Sounds good. Thanks for Thanks having for me. Thanks for sharing the knowledge here on WBCB.